Tim, thank yes. you again for uh, joining me or joining us here. Uh, can you please, let's start by having you introduce yourself, whichever way you want to introduce yourself. All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I always want to go to the visit. The jerk. I was born a poor black child. Um, and Tim C. Starr, uh, I am currently a, a podcaster and doing a lot of public speaking and uh, writing. Um, got a couple of books in the law of attraction field. Really? Um, love talking about that stuff. It's it's long, long conversations once you get rolling. Yeah, well, we have to definitely talk about that then. Um, been doing computer work for 20 plus years. Um, pays the bills, it's not exciting. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you gotta do something. Until I become rich and famous, yeah. And here we are. So, uh, yeah, originally from Chicago, um, South Side, which is basically a blue collar mecca. It's, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it was a very definite mentality on that side of town. Mm-hmm. I don't know how familiar you are with Chicago, but it's very, it's a real division, north and south. Mm-hmm. You know, Cubs on the north, White Sox on the south side. Right, right. Uh, north side, generally speaking, is where the money is. Mm-hmm. Um, south side is is where everything else, <laughs> is made to else work. Is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So uh, this is part of a conversation that I've had with a couple of people recently. But I, I really, when you uh, when you grow up in a, any culture, really, that's that has a strong um, element to it, you that is it becomes a part of you, and you can't leave it behind. Right, right. Um, I've been in California for thirty years, but I still I'm still in Chicago, and I'm never mm-hmm. going to be a San Diegan. Yeah. Um, and uh, I still relate to you know working class people, and and working class is kind of. I define it as as anybody who would say that they're more or less working paycheck to paycheck. Mm. You know, um, really doesn't have a lot to do with how much money you make. Mm. There's plenty of people that are um, working really hard and getting their hands dirty and making a lot of money, but they're also walking a tightrope financially. You know, so, right, right. Um, and there's some stuff that has kind of some lessons that I've realize that I've learned, put it that way, that um, part of what I want to do is share that with, with those people in particular. Of course. Because um, when you're when you're in the middle of that, you kind of just sort of keep your nose to the grindstone and, and you kind of, it's not even on the radar for what you're thinking about. You don't think, you're not aware that there's other options, there's ways out. Right. You know? And uh, you know, something happens, and, and you know, wife calls and says, "Oh, little Susie, uh, we took Susie to the dentist, and she said she, they said she needs braces now." Th- that blows up your budget, you know. Right, and, right. Uh, there's a lot of people in that kind of space, and, and um, there are ways out. 
and even if you don't get out, you don't have to be stressed over it. Right, There's right. There's ways to do that. And so I'm glad you said that because I think a lot of people think that that's just the norm mm -hmm. and that's just how life is. Not realizing there's a different side to life where you don't have to, you know, live check to check or, you know, always feel like you have a, your back against the wall. Yeah. It, it's, it's, we're going to open a big can here. Yeah. <laughs> so let's do it. Um, I had a podcast last year that I ran with a friend of mine for, for the full year. Okay. Uh, called the universe between your ears. Okay. And the title came out of the idea that First of all, none of what we're experiencing here is truly real, right? Nothing is truly physical. We experience it that way, but it really isn't. And science is just proving these things out. Right. Um, you know, if you take an electron microscope, you know, the, the closer you, you look at something and the more you magnify things, the more space there is between everything that's there. And um, you know, they're, they're forever finding more and more kinds of particles and they move faster and faster and they know, I only found out in the last couple of years apparently they've never even seen an electron oh. and I don't know about you I grew up assuming right that, well, <laughs> that's what we're taught yeah. Well, yeah of course they've seen an electron no they, they've never seen an electron that's what we're all taught yeah they can prove that it exists i guess but they've never seen one right and um you know you, you go down into an atom there's more space than anything else in an atom and uh, so everything ultimately i think there is nothing physical it's all just energy and this is a, I don't want to say so many things all at the same time. This is, this is a, a sort of a, one scenario that we're, we're going through right. that's played out by something bigger. Something bigger, right. yeah. Have, have, you, have you or do you know people that have taken psychedelics, like DMT or ayahuasca or... Uh, yeah. So you know, ayahuasca in particular, I don't know about DMT. Right. Anybody that, for, at least for the most part, people I know that have taken those things all agree that this is all an illusion. There's something else yeah. out there. Yeah. Dimensions, whatever you want to, word you want to use. Yeah. Um, I think that for some reason our brains are closed off to those quote unquote dimensions or those realities, right? Like yeah. you mentioned. And then um, taking these um, psychedelics opens up um, the doorway. Yeah. And for you know five minutes or ten minutes, or however how long the experience lasts, it opens the doorway and, and, and gives us a glimpse, a glimpse yeah. into I, I, the other I, side. Yeah. I, what interests me uh, in particular is DMT. Seems to, from what I've read or heard seems to give essentially the same trip to everybody. Hmm. Yeah. Um, ayahuasca does not. Right. Ayahuasca is more personal. It's more personal, yeah. yeah. And, um, but it looks like DMT, everybody kind of has the same, right. the same experience. Uh, experience. Right. And which leads me to think that that's probably a, um, 
I don't know how I want to put this, but it's probably the better path to go if you want to um, experiment, if you want to research. Of course. You know, if you want to expand, because the other things are, are a little too subjective. Right, yeah. Ayahuasca you know? is definitely more personal. Yeah. People that have, you know, dealing with trauma or... Yeah. You know, childhood issues or whatever it is. Yeah. You can have an ugly experience. Yeah, that, yeah, so. yeah. Um, yeah, but all of it's interesting. The whole the, Timothy Leary and, and uh, um, Ram Dass, I forget what is his, his uh, Christian name is, right? Yeah. Um, their story is fascinating. Uh, I don't know if you know, but um, they were both Harvard professors. And. Uh, Timothy Leary introduced Ram Dass to LSD. He'd never even heard of it. Right. And um, they were doing research with it to, as a mind-expanding thing. And before it was illegal and stuff, and then uh, things got out of hand, basically. Right. And um, But the story is, is fascinating. Um, yeah, I, there's, there's so many things out there. Um, I... You know, it's, it's kind of exciting in, in so many areas because there are, I love the idea of personal growth stuff. Right, I've been, same I've been here. Consuming Wayne Dyer and, and you know, all the names that you would know. Right, are you familiar with all, Terrence McKenna? Do you like his work? You know what, I know the name, but I, I okay. don't know the work. Um, but a lot of these people, since I was, I don't know, probably 12 or 13, my mom was looking for easy answers to right. things. She shared all kinds of stuff with me. And I just consumed it because it was interesting. You know, mm-hmm. I never I never much um, thought about any sort of intentional application of anything. Right. I just, but I, I was at a young enough age, I think, where um, one of the big lessons is, you know, that wherever you're at in life, you know, you're there because of yourself is uh, decisions that you made and actions that you took right. one way or another that put you where you're at, like it or not, accept it. And I could hear or read something like that and, you know, kind of chew on it for a little bit and, mm. you know, it makes sense. Right, right. Makes sense. I can't argue with that. And so then I sort of just would accept it. Okay. You know, and then... I don't know that I necessarily said, all right, well, now I need to take this information and, and focus on it and apply it and change my life, you know. But uh, over time, it you get that constant input. It just it does sink in, and it does make you a different person, mm-hmm. you know. And um, it's helped me in uh, part of the story that I tell is, you know, when I was... 54, I got a phone call one day and the guy on the other end was my rep for the job that I was working. He said, I've been there almost 15 years at this mm-hmm. job. And he said, they said, tell you today's your last day, go home. Wow. That was it. And I was a contractor, so there was no, there was no severance pay. There was, there was nothing. My income stopped. Wow. In that moment, my income stopped. And um, I didn't work again for two years. Partly by choice. I hadn't had a real vacation for a while, so I intentionally took a little time off. But um, the job scene had changed a lot since the last time I had to look for a job. 
and it was very, very difficult to find something. Mm -hmm. And um, what didn't happen to me was I didn't have the reaction that the so-called experts say, you know, a middle-aged guy is supposed to have. Right, right. I didn't feel depressed. I didn't feel like my identity had been taken away right. because I lost a job. You know, I didn't. So let, let me stop you right there because yeah. that's something that any normal human being would, you know, panic or yeah. be afraid or, you know, say what now or be depressed. So well, I think this is a learning. To happen, yeah. Right. So I think this, what you just said is a teaching moment for a lot of people. They're going to, they're listening to this. Um, so for you personally, how did you learn to realize that it's okay? It's not the end of the world. Have you always been that way, or is it something? Well, that's that you what I'm saying. This was, I was programmed by just consuming this stuff. Um, I don't. I, my mother, you know, I said my mother was. She was always looking for answers, but she felt that she was a victim. She she died believing that she was just a victim of life. Mm -hmm. And she, I remember being on the phone with her once, and. She told me about some book that she was reading, and then she had, she couldn't finish. She had to put it down because um, there was something in there that they had said, and basically, I think it was that same message: is that you know whatever's going on, it's your fault. Mm. You know, you're responsible. I don't like using the word fault, but it, you put yourself there, and she didn't like that. She didn't want to be responsible for what was happening. Right, to her. right. And um, and I think that's. The R word is a big, uh, big problem. And what word are you referring to? Responsibility. Responsibility, right. Yeah. Because I think people, and people don't, I'm, I'm sure, they don't consciously go through this, but um, if somebody says you're responsible for whatever it might be, right, generally the, you know, the, the two friends that responsibility brings to the party are guilt and, and punishment. Right. And the reality is if you're, in the personal growth arena, if you're feeling pain about something and looking for answers, you're already, you've already been punished for whatever it is that you, you may have done. And whatever decisions you made that put you where you're at, you're already paying the price. So, if you if you can just get your mind around this idea that you put yourself there and it's not good or bad it's not it's not something that you need to be punished for anymore right. and in fact it won't help you to, to feel guilty about it right right turn around drop that stuff turn around walk the other way just start focusing on you know how can I change it how can forward, make right. a different decision the next time around you know? right right and um, but I don't think people get that far they hear this sort of one way or another they hear this message that they're responsible for themselves and they shut down and they, they close it off I think subconsciously that other piece is there and that's why right because they don't want to they don't want to be punished they don't want to be Blamed, they don't, and it's in the you know the weird thing is it's the only person who's really gonna do the blaming is yourself, mm. and um, then the other thing is with all this personal development stuff. In the beginning, in particular, when you start to to 
just pick something to, to try, you know, you're going to see results. Right. And you're going to see results right away. And it's not like you have to, you know, you got to do learn how to meditate and you got to meditate for, you know, an hour a day for six right. months and then, and then your life is going to start to change. No. Tomorrow. Right. Things are going to start to be different. Tomorrow. So, so let me ask you this, Tim. How do people get to that point? Because so many of us, we make the excuse of, oh, we don't have enough time or I'm um, too busy or I have, you know, three kids or I have two jobs or my job's demanding or I work nights when I'm when I'm home, I would just want to sleep. And then by the time I wake up, it's time for work again. So many people wake up every single day, right? Put on their clothes, take a shower, eat, go to work, come home, spend an hour or two in traffic or even if they're not in traffic for a long time, they have kids, they come home, they have responsibilities. So how does the average person hear what you're saying and say, you know what, Tim is right, even though deep down they know you are right, mm -hmm. but how do they repress the excuses? Um, you know, I, the answer, at least for some people, is going to be you just have to actually make a decision. Mm. Right? And it's not, it's not having a desire to do something. It's not hoping that something will happen. It's not wishing. You have to decide, mm. okay, I'm not going to do this anymore. Right. Or I am going to take five minutes somewhere in my day, every day, and just... Meditation is not for everybody. Meditation is, can be really, really difficult. So maybe meditation isn't for you. But you can take five minutes and just spend a little time with yourself and uh, appreciation is a big thing. You know, just... Gratitude, yes. Look around, yeah, and just, just realize the things that you do have that are worthy of, of feeling good about. Right, and, and I want to add to what you just said about meditation because a lot of people are also under the impression that meditation means you're sitting down with your eyes closed, mm -hmm. with your, you know, your hands folded, with your feet crossed, that's not yeah, necessarily, exactly, that's not necessarily meditation, that is a form of meditation, but for each person, for each of us, meditation can be something else. Like for me, one of the ways I meditate is when I wake up in the morning, I don't check my phone, which is what almost the whole world does, right? You wake up, the first thing you do is look at your phone, yeah. right? I don't check my phone, don't check emails, um, I go so far not to check my phone that I have uh, Alexa and I ask her what the time is. I don't even look at my phone to see what the time is. Yeah. Because I know the second I look at it, <laughs> all hell <laughs> yeah, breaks loose, gone. right? Yeah. Um, so m my way of meditating every morning is I wake up and I just lay in bed and just mm. be grateful. You know, close my eyes or I might have my eye open, but just lay still and just be present, you know for five to 10 to 15 minutes a day. That makes a huge difference. Yeah. Um, another form of meditation for me is actually working out. When I work out, I get in a flow state, mm -hmm. right? Where everything else, nothing else matters. Yeah. It's just me and my thoughts. And that's a form of meditation. So for people listening, don't think that, you know, you need to lock yourself in a house and, and do what I said earlier. And that's meditation. Yeah, yeah, Each of us can. Chanting. And, thank you. you know, yeah. Thank you. Each of us can meditate in different way, ways. You know, yeah, it, it takes a lot of different forms, and, and the great thing about this stuff is is there is no 
one way that you have to do anything. Right? And you get to just sample different things until something just clicks for you. Right. And you'll find something that works. Right. You know, and um, you know, we were having a little conversation earlier, and, and I like the mountain bike, even though I haven't been on my bike now for longer than I cared to. <laughs> um, I like to get out and ride the trails, and, and you know, and, and just go. And um, for me, that's probably a meditation because you can't. You know, the ultimate. Let, let's talk about this maybe first. The ultimate goal, I believe, of meditation is to try to turn off the constant, the monkey mind that's going on, that constant chatter. And I think a lot of people think that that's supposed to happen right away. And the reality is for most people it never happens. And for the ones who are able to make that happen, they've probably been meditating for long periods for a very long stretch of time. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't happen for hardly anybody. Right? If you're a monk in the Himalayan mountains someplace, you know, yeah. Right. But you don't need that to happen. What you want to do is is use it first as just a method of getting control of your thoughts, right? And you you just the reason that they have people do a, a, a is a chant, an om, right? Is because you have to focus on that. That's hmm. you can't just do that without thinking about it, right? Right. And there's other, there's like, you know, stare at a candle or just focus on a point on the wall or something. Uh, focus on your breathing. That's a, probably the most common one that you'll hear these guided meditations talking about. And the reason for that is because when, if you're truly focused on it, it shuts out all this other stuff. So you get, your mind will slow down. Right. In the beginning, it's a harder thing to do. You can focus on your breath for three or four breaths, and then you're thinking about what do you got to do when I'm done doing this. Right. You know, and then, oh, well, what happened at work today? You know, all these things. But the, the game is when you become conscious that your mind is now over there, you go, okay, wait, stop, come back here. Let's focus on my breath again. And so you just practice that. You don't worry. You don't. You cannot beat yourself up over not being able to do it perfectly in the beginning. Right. It's going to take time. It's going to take practice. And but if you do it just for a week, if you do it consistently, you'll see a difference. You'll just you'll have. Um, you'll just start to calm down. I think. You know, you'll, you'll be a little more at peace. And um, the and like I said, maybe meditation isn't, or, and, and at least in that form, maybe that's not the thing. When I got on a bicycle, one of the reasons that I like to ride on trails is because you can't just pedal like you're taking a Sunday ride. Right? Right. You have to pay attention. There's rocks, there's ruts, there's snakes. There's, you know, there's all this stuff out there, and if you don't pay attention to where you're going, you are going to fall down and go boom, right. <laughs> you know? And so you, you, your mind can't wander that much. And that's the goal. Uh, that's, you know, meditation, that's the goal. So right. in whatever way gets you there, do it. Right. You know, 
Um, I have a question for you. Yeah. So when you when I hear you speak, you seemed in light. You seem enlightened, right? You're you're speaking from a place of enlightenment. It's all smoke and mirrors. So <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> so in your opinion, what contributed to your elevated states of co- state of consciousness? Is it something that you you feel like since you were a kid you've always kind of had? Or do you feel like you've been working on it your whole life? And I've been working on it. I mean, I'm, I'm basically an analytical person. Um, I call myself a hopeful skeptic. Mm. Um, I'm fascinated by these ideas. You know, the, the idea that you know, in in the sort of new age um, circles, one of the phrases that you'll hear is that you're not a, a you're uh, you're not a human being. How do they phrase this? You're a you're an energetic being having a physical experience. Right. And it sounds like um, for the guy from the south side of Chicago, it sounds like <laughs> mumbo jumbo mm. and you know what the hell is that? You know, and but when you start to I, I want the thing that wins me over is the scientific confirmation of these ideas mm-hmm. right? and some, it's showing up right they're, they're proven these things um, string theory is basically the ideas physics quantum physics is basically the idea that there are these super small so small that they you know they couldn't begin to, to get a picture of them. Right. There's basically these things they're referring to as strings. They're just sort of short little threads of nothingness, energy that respond to to vibration. And when you have a vibration, then somehow they, they come together and create physical things. Hmm. And um, I thought this was fairly new idea. Um, turns out it was first proposed in the 1930s or 40s. Mm-hmm. So it's been around a long, long time. Right. Um, they're starting to get around to coming up. The problem is how you how do you prove the existence of something that you can't see or mm-hmm. can't you know? I mean, they're you know they got a, a steep hill to climb. Right. But there's little baby steps that are coming. Um, so that's the stuff that, that gets me excited because it's like I'm, I'm somebody tells me some this guy's supposed to be a guru, he's up on the stage, or he's written a book that I'm or he's in that ambulance that's going back. Yeah. <laughs> and, and but you know, he says this is how things are and I go, Well, you know, sounds good. I'm glad it worked for you. You know, I haven't seen that in my life. Right. Um, you know, I'll, I'll check it out. I'll try to apply it. You yeah. Know, if it works, great. <laughs> and I'm with you. But just because somebody tells me something, I'm, I'm not necessarily just one over. You mm-hmm. know? So um, if somebody tells me something and, and then says, and here's the scientific data to back it up, here's, here's what's going on right now at the, you know, the lab down the street. Right. Um, that carries a whole lot more weight for me um, than my resistance is down a little bit, I guess. Of course. Um, so, I'm naturally skeptical. 
Um, I'm analytical. I, I think about things. Um, but the, I am the, the person that I am today because of what I've been consuming for so long. Hmm. What are some of your most impactful um, experiences or books that you've read? Uh, at least, uh, you know, from what I remember, Wayne Dyer was really big. Um, pulling your own strings. And for people that don't know who that is, can you please elaborate? Sure, Wayne Dyer, um, he just died in the last couple of years. Uh, he was one of the most famous um, psychologists. I don't think he was a psychiatrist. He was a psychologist um, who, who wrote a book, and I think Pulling Your Own Strings was, certainly was the one that put him on the map. Okay. Um, and it was basically about this personal responsibility stuff, you know. And um, he went on from there to get into uh, more and more enlightened, to use the word, the, the ideas. Um, he got into Indian philosophy and right. and, and um, he he was really influential in in moving along the um, new thought. I think is probably what it's called now. It used to be called New Age ideas, but um, you know, moving these these ideas that are that it's all everything is energetic. Uh, law of attraction ideas right you know what you think about influences what you get in your life and um, so he was really important in, in that arena um, probably the big lesson that I got from him and he's not the only person and there's like there's nothing much truly new from anybody but um, it's just different people say the same thing in a different way or at a different time in your life right. and suddenly it clicks, you know. But he, for him, for me, he was the one who, who were this clicked. Um, but he's, he said that, you know, it's, it's not an event that happens in your life that, that determines how you feel about it. It's how you process the information. Mm. And Perspective. Yeah, everything is about perspective. In fact, it is. I've got a quote that I just read again, or just <laughs> reminded of it. Is it's perspective trumps everything, mm. and it really, really does because, um, you know, you to a quick analogy, you, would, you can have two two twin guys, right, twenty years old. Let's say they're crossing the street, they get hit by a car. They had the same injuries. They've been brought up in the same household, basically lived the same lives. And they had the same injuries. They both go to the hospital, and they're in the hospital for six months, but different rooms. One guy says, ah, you know, what next? I'm, you know, I lost my job now. Right. This hurts, and I got recovery and the therapy that's going to have to come out of this, and this is terrible. I'm going to watch just watch the soap operas on the TV all day long in the house, you know, on and on and on. He's just complaining, right? right? The other guy goes, well, I got six months to learn how to play guitar now, or mm. to now I can catch up on my reading, right? You know, he's just look, he's just a different way of looking at it. Right. You know, he sees an opportunity to do something. The other guy just sees a victim status. Right. It's the same event. 
the same event. They just they just see it differently. That's so true. That's they such an example of how life is, you know, and the importance yeah. in the glass half full versus glass half empty mentality. Yeah, yeah, and and the great thing is that not only do we get to choose how we want to, which direction we want to go, right. we have to choose. You choose every single day. Right. There's all this stuff that happens to you every day, and you choose in every moment how you want to feel about it. Mm. And my, my thing is that I believe that really what we all want is just we want to be a little happier today than we were yesterday and we want to be a little happier tomorrow than we are today mm. and just build on that and ultimately we'll just be walking around with a stupid grin on our faces right. and we care about it. <laughs> and I, I think that's that is the only ultimately the only reason that we do that we make the decisions that we make and do the things that we do it's an, an attempt to be happier in the moment right the, the logic behind the decision we make may be faulty but it doesn't change the reason why we make the decision and um, because of that then if you if you if that makes sense then you go well okay so how do I do that well you know that, that guy that cut you off in traffic you can be mad at him and you can let it you can be mad at him all day long you know and let that affect the whole rest of your day right or you can choose to say well he's an idiot but maybe he didn't mean it even if he did mean it what am I going to do about it right you know you know that's it's that's his problem he's got a miserable life you know, right whatever I don't want to feel bad that's the bottom line. I don't want to feel bad. So what else can I think about that is going to make me feel better than this? Right. And that's the choice is to, to get your mind off of that and onto something that, that just feels better. And oh, it have to make, very you, you well said. Go, you can't go from, from enraged to giddy about something. Right. But you can go from enraged to, to annoyed. You sound like a therapist. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, it's it's simple stuff ultimately, you know. The, the application is the difficult part. It just all just takes practice. Right. You just have to be. You got to work on getting to being conscious of the thoughts that you're thinking. Ideally, in the moment when you're thinking them. Right. Um, and then. If you, when you start to get there, then it becomes easier to choose better thoughts. But it, it starts off, you know, that same scenario, you, somebody cuts you off in traffic. If your normal thing is to be pissed off for the rest of the day, once you get, now you're aware of, you know, what I'm suggesting, now you have a responsibility. Take action. If you want to yeah. be happy, you have a responsibility now to start changing that because it's not making you happy. Right. So what will happen if you try to do this is you're still going to get mad, but an hour from now, two hours from now, something, you're going to look back and go, well, I could have handled that better. Right, right. right? And then you think next time around, 
because something else is going to happen. It's inevitable. Life takes a crap on all of us. Um, but the next time around, you know, maybe it won't take you an hour to realize you could you could choose something different. Right, right, right. Maybe it's ten minutes. You know, and that time gets whittled down, and, and eventually, in the moment when somebody does something stupid, you go, "Jeez, ah, man, all right." That, that you know, let it go. Right, right. And and you can let it go. And um, the great thing is when you you this starts to happen to you, and you see the progress, hmm. and you realize, oh, you know, last week that would have made me mad. You know, today for some reason I don't know. I can attribute it to these new things I'm doing or not. I don't doesn't matter. Right, right. For some reason today it didn't make me mad. That's pretty cool. You know, and that by itself will make you happier. You feel like you're making progress. You feel right, better right. about yourself. You know what else is there? And then and then that becomes a motivator for now. I want more. You know, and it becomes easier, and it becomes more interesting. Right. And it becomes it's, it starts to shift away from. You know, this is a job that I have to do. This is something. And maybe let's just say that meditation turns out to be the thing that works for you. It shifts from something I have to try and something I have to force myself to do for 10, 15 minutes on a daily basis to something that I'm, I'm now I'm looking forward to doing it because right. it's helping me. It's I'm becoming, a, a, I don't even want to use the term a better person. I'm becoming a, a less frustrated person. Mm-hmm. I'm becoming uh, someone who, who just... You know, I don't have the stress levels that I had. And so now you want to do it. And then pretty soon it just becomes a, a regular part of your day and you can't do without it. And, you, and all of these other things, you know, all of the stuff that we have in a day is just, it's priority levels, right? We, we choose to do something because it's got a higher priority than the next thing. When, when, which becomes more valuable if you've got something like a meditation or riding a bike or right. going to the gym and, and it is making a change in your life, its priority level rises. And you know, the people that are going to the gym every day, they're not going to give it up for anything. Mm. That's number one priority. Right, right. You know? And that's okay. It, and that's a lot, of, a lot of the things that I think people. You know, you, you start talking to people about this stuff or even just you listen to people talking about it from the stage or from a book or, it, you know, one of the things that they'll tell you is as you start to, to grow and develop and change, you're going to lose people in your life, right? And they may be family, they may mm. be friends, right? Because they're not going in the same direction you are. Right? And they don't like it. I, a couple of years, well, during the, the election cycle, the last time around, my Facebook feed was just so <laughs> full of yeah. a lot of A lot of people's Facebook feeds were like that. Oh, man. <laughs> and I just, I, I got so, it was like, doesn't anybody have anything good to say about anything? Right. You know, and I, Very just, toxic. Stopped, I just stopped following hmm. all the family, friends, all these people. 
and overnight my feed transformed. Hmm. And now I've got people talking about possibilities and, and right. look at what this the cool stuff that these people are doing over here. And right. You know, and but imagine what they did, what that did alone, even just for your mental yeah peace. Yeah, and that's why I did it. Hmm. You know, because it was there was no whether I agree or, or disagree. I I don't want to do that all the time. Right. You know, and and you tend to want to respond to things. And that doesn't lead any place good because nobody wants to. Nobody wants to have a civil conversation. Right. They just want to blast you with their perspective and and I'm right, you're wrong. than you, right? You know, and they figure that somehow that wins. And uh, you know, I'm I'm aspiring to be some sort of public figure kind of thing. And, and you know, thankfully I I. There's a little voice in the back of my head going, no, you can't participate in this. You know, this is not in my benefit in any right. way to be a, to jump in here and try to set somebody straight. Let them argue. Let them have it. And I don't, I don't want to even see it anymore. And, um, you know, I had a, a cousin who was just, she's kind of a clone of my mother. And, and um, she actually died somewhere in the last, I don't know, two years, I didn't even know she was gone for mm. probably a year after she was gone. Wow. But it, it, she, there was nothing coming from her mouth mm. that was helping anybody, least of all herself. Right. You know? And it was not helping me to, to have to read it. And I was not going to change her mind. Mm. What are you going to do? You know, and no, you don't have to listen to that. Just because it's family. Right, right. Family is just luck of the draw, man. That's you didn't choose that person. So, um, you know, well said. Well said. No, I like, I like that. I like that. My my mind is is more at peace. I like that. I like that. I'll the TV news oh my god oh that's a whole other yeah. story I turned off about two a year or two ago I turned off all the applications or not applications all the notifications yeah. anything related to the news yeah. on my phone a lot of us don't realize how much it damages our psyche because okay. I don't I've never seen um, a news feed say oh so so and so just donated you know a million dollars to the children's foundation or so so and so just built a school and you know, yeah, there, those things are out there, but it's never the of, focus. Of course not. It's always the negative. It's negatives. never the focus. It's always yeah. this just a, there's a whole. Do you know who Joe Dispenza is? Yeah. So I love his stuff, but and he's really good at explaining this. But there's the the reason that the news feeds us this doom and gloom stuff is because it can shock us. Right? And it, there's hormones. There's those, the same as the fight or flight chemicals that are right. that we get a jolt from watching the news and that stuff it, that's like it's it's adrenaline and, and these other things that get you pumped up and your body likes it mm. and the, the problem is that we keep getting this and it's they're actually damaging to your physical body and it's more than human's big problem is when something negative happens we replay it over and over and over again mm-hmm. in our minds 
and a lot of times make it even worse in our minds than it actually was in real life. Right. And we have that same experience over and over, and you keep those chemicals in your bloodstream, and they destroy your organs. They, they tear your body down physically, hmm. and you make yourself sick. Right. You can kill yourself by thinking about you know, what might be. And um, you know, the easy thing everybody can relate to, you know, being eight or nine years old or something, and, and you know, you wake up in the morning. And there's a test at school. You don't want to have to go and take. Right. Mom, my stomach. You know, I don't feel good. Do I have to go? Mom doesn't know about the test. Right. Right. And you do that enough, and, and all of a sudden you do have a stomachache. Mm. Why? There's no reason for it, but you talked yourself into it. Right. You create it. Right. And. Oh, let me stop you right there because um, that's a nice, fun topic I want to talk to you about, which is, and this kind of actually rolls into the law of attraction, right? Mm -hmm. So I want to talk to you about that. Before I do, I have one quick question for you, and it's about what we were talking about earlier about uh, purpose. And you were saying uh, growing up for you, there weren't really a lot of people that felt a need or a sense of purpose. Um, I want to ask you, why do you think that was and what's, what you see that has changed since then and in your opinion i know this is like a three-part question but we can start with um in your opinion do you feel like it's important to have a sense of purpose in life and that purpose could be anything yeah um so what are your thoughts on on um or at least having a, a reason why you're here versus just you know living in the I, matrix i think um So maybe I'm going to work back. Well, no, let's let's start at the beginning with what you're asking. That um, when I was growing up, the internet didn't exist, so your only exposure to new ideas was generally was going to the library and, and or a bookstore and just poking around and to find something interesting. And oh, let me check this one out. Right. Um, if you were lucky, you had. I was lucky. My mother was getting into all these different. She she. She was reading different people with different philosophical sorts of, of perspectives. Um, she got into um, palm reading, looking for answers. She got into astrology, um, tarot cards, uh, all kinds of stuff. So she was all in. She was, looking, <laughs> you know, she was, had she ever found anything that let her off the hook for her mm. own decisions, she would have stuck with that and mm. been a big proponent of that I'm right sure. but she never did because it's it's nobody worth anything is going to tell you you're not responsible for the, the decisions you make right um, if they do turn around and run the other way yeah. <laughs> so uh, but most people um, certainly in the Midwest I think most people at that time just none of this stuff ever entered their world um Things like there was a guy named Edgar Casey, was called the Sleeping Prophet, and what he was doing was reading Akashic Records. Hmm. And most people today don't know what the Akashic Records right. are, and um, so I just got exposed to a bunch of different stuff, and but most people don't, and so or didn't, and so um, it's just it, you know the it's the stuff that you consume that creates the programs that you run in your head mm. and that determines who you are right right that, that 
that's it. So, you know, and, and you know, circle right back around to what we were just talking about. If you're a news junkie, you're probably not a particularly happy individual. Mm. Wow. Your, your chances are pretty high that you've got health issues. Um, you, you, just life just seems to keep bringing you right. tragedy, right? Yeah. stress, mm. drama. All of that stuff just seems to be a norm for that person. Right. And the, the problem is it doesn't start out there. And, you know, we all have these things come to us but if your perspective is you know this is just more evidence of how tough life is then you know there's so many topics here but um, you know for that person that is reality and I'm you know you have a different perspective and you want to say no but it's not no no it is that is their reality the only way it's going to change is for them to get some new input, and you either—it's either you're—it's it's ego, it, it's it's the the inner sort of manager, right? That his job is just to maintain the status quo, and he looks for stuff that reinforces the beliefs that you have, right? And so you just feel them more strongly, and. There's only, in my opinion, there's only two ways to change that. Either you you find a way to sort of drip feed some different ideas in there, and over time, they start to be accepted. Right. Or there's a crisis that proves this belief wrong. And um, I, unfortunately, for most people, if they're going to change, it happens by crisis. Right. Yeah, something that that opens their eyes and changes their perspective. Yeah. 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 We don't we don't like change. I I got I'll tell you a little story, a little anecdote. Um, sure. There's a, a traveling salesman and he's dra- driving through the countryside and he comes to a farm and long driveway and he drives up to the house and gets out of his car and he walks up the steps to the porch and there's a hound dog laying on the on the porch. And the dog just kind of looks at him and just kind of moans at him, you know, but he's not aggressive or anything. So the guy's, all right, you know, knocks on the screen door and the farmer happens to be at home. Mm. He introduces himself, tells him what he's there for. And the farmer says, you know, I've been thinking about getting me some of that, but let's you and I have us a chat. Mm. And they go sit out on the porch and they're drinking some lemonade, whatever, and they're having a nice conversation. And every once in a while, that hound dog and it becomes sort of distracting and annoying and mm-hmm. the, the salesman says to the farmer says you know is, is, is that dog okay you know, he sounds mm-hmm. like he's in pain right the farmer says oh he's just laying on a nail and the guy says well you know, why doesn't he get up and move right. the farmer says oh it don't hurt him enough yet mm-hmm. that's us we are that hound dog wow we don't get up and move the first time we start feeling pain, it has to really hurt. Hmm. And I, I think it's, it's we're, unfortunately, we're more often motivated by pain than we are by the promise of something better. Right. Just the fear of change, right? Absolutely. It goes back to complacency. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And that's an interesting thing because I think that we have this, this inner, this conflict going on because 
something inside of us unconsciously we crave change we desire change we know that nothing absolutely everything that we think is physical is falling apart right now the only reason you can smell anything you're in a restaurant and a waitress comes by with a platter of sizzling, yeah. sizzling steak <laughs> and you're like oh that smells good All right. Right? what is it that makes that possible why is it you can smell that because that steak is falling apart. Little pieces of that steak are mm. flying through the air. And you pick some of them up in your nose. Mm. That's the only reason you can smell it. And that, that kind of messes up your next trip to the, right. to the restroom. <laughs> but um, everything is coming apart. The pyramids in Egypt are falling apart. It's just speed. And some things you can stand there and watch. Some things you can't, right. And other things take more time. But everything is coming apart. And, and our inner self knows that none of this is real. It's all going to change. We are creation machines. That is what we do 24-7. This you and me sitting here, the two of us co-created this. Mm. Right? For different reasons maybe, for, from different perspectives. But we co-created this event. And, and the, the house you wake up, Two in the morning, you created, and it just everything, and right. so we, our internal system, is constantly making. It's in the, the creation business. It's it, it's building new stuff all the time, right? And it expects things to fall apart. It expects things to change, right? And so we've got that piece of us that's looking for it and and pushing it, and craving it, and goes looking for it. Hmm. Then we got the other piece of us that's afraid and likes things to stay where they are. Right. I, I know, you know, even so even though some of this is painful, I know how to deal with it. I'm safe still. Right, right. You know, I don't like it, but I'm safe. That's why people stay in abusive relationships, stay with crappy jobs, you know, because hmm. we think we're managing it. Right, we right. It. We don't know what might might be worse out there. Right. You know. And so it's an interesting conflict that we have going on. Wow, well, well, well said. Well said. Because it's there's all these things that just are all these inter, interwoven pieces. It's like this, you know, comfort zone idea. Um, I kind of get on these soapboxes about certain things. No, 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 no. But go ahead, please. You know, I, I, if you start, if you consume people who are successful and they're presenting their ideas from the stage in particular but um, in other formats too you know one common theme is that you know if you want to be successful you've got to get outside of your comfort zone and beyond that you some people and I for this is the message that's that's received whether it's explicitly stated this way or not but I have actually heard people say it this way mm. Not only do you have to get outside your comfort zone, you've got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. You've got to get way outside your comfort zone. Right. And I have an issue with that because it's just not true. Why do you have an issue with that? Because it's not true. You've got to get outside your comfort zone if you want things to change. But you don't have to be so far outside your comfort zone that you can never go back. You, If you... Like we're sitting here in, in your apartment and the 
this is a this is a comfort zone. You could walk out the front door and just stand right there, and you're outside of this particular comfort zone. There's different levels of it. Right. And somebody might be driving down the street and throwing money out the window. If you weren't outside your comfort zone, you'd never be able to take advantage of that. Right. What you don't have to do is leave this building and travel across the country and then sell your car and you know have no way of coming back. You don't right. have to do that. Your life can change with very simple things. And my, I'll tell you another story. This is a natural true story. Sure. So there, there's a guy that I'm connected to. Um, you know, I don't even know how I got connected to him online. And then I'm on his email list. And um, a couple of years ago, he sends an email saying, I'm putting on this podcasting event. And, uh, you know, if you'd like to come, this is, this is, who is this for? If you'd like to come, send me, send me uh, an email, reply to this email and tell me why you should come in for, I'm giving away 10 free tickets. Right. And uh, free was a perfect price for me. <laughs> and I went to a website for the thing and uh, I looked and said, this is, there's the five bullet points for this is who this is aimed at. And I thought, well, I can check off three or four of those at least, you know, yeah, this is for me now. All right, and I'm back, sent him an email back and said, yeah, I'd like to be, but... Right. So I got an email response in, I don't know, it was a couple hours later. Thanks for uh, replying, but I, I don't think this is for you. And my normal response to that would have been, and was in the moment, well, I tried. He said no. Right. You know, okay. And then I, I had this second thought about it. I was like, wait a minute. The only reason I I responded to that email is because the website said it was this is who it's aimed at. And, right. And I fit that description. Pretty much me. Right. <laughs> you know, and I got mad. Hmm. And I went back. I sent him another letter, another email, and I said, according to your website, bah, 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 bah. right. And this is me, and I and I stopped being polite. Hmm. And um, I said, you know, I I don't. This is me. I'm. I'm honest about the way I feel about things and, and you know I don't blow smoke at anybody and this and that and this. in about 15 minutes I got a reply love to have you hmm. had I not stepped outside my comfort zone just that little bit and sent that second email I never would have gone I spent three days at that event came away convinced that I needed to do my own podcast hmm. no idea what I was going to talk about but I, I knew I needed to do it I met a bunch of interesting people. I, I, my life is very different today. Because of not that. that I'm some great success at it. It's course. a very different life than it would have been had I not gone to that. Hmm. And all I did was write an email. I think I think that that amazing example is a cataclysm for how a lot of us go through life and just walk away from knows so easily or we yeah. give up on things so easily yeah. and I had something similar uh, that I talked about in a different podcast where I applied when I was in college I applied to, to work at Apple mm. and um, he I had the interview and he said you're amazing you seem like an amazing person but I just don't think that you're going to be a good fit for this position but I wish you the best in life I know you would do well 
um, good luck, right? And I took it well, went home, um, and about a month or two later, I applied to the same job, to the same job, same stu- everything was literally the same. Mm-hmm. And I figured, you know, somebody else would probably interview me, you know. It was the same person. Yeah. That interview, the same person. The funny thing, it's funny enough, his name was also Michael. Um, we sat down. It almost like it was almost like we never had the first interview because mm-hmm. we sat down. He went through my resume again. We had a conversation. Asked me all the same questions, and he said, "You'll be a perfect fit." <laughs> <laughs> I answered the same way. And he said, you'd be a perfect fit yeah. for this position. We'd love to have you. Yeah. So it's, it reminds me of, of your situation and how um, life isn't as black and white as we make it seem. Life is literally filled with a lot of gray areas. Yeah. Yeah. It, there, you know, it's so cool because you start to realize some of this stuff. Opportunity is all around us all the time. Right? In this culture, we're not trained to look for it. Right. Some people are, but generally speaking, we're not. We're trained to to accept what's given to us. We're trained to wait for something to be given to us, a job, a, a, you know, a particular school. Right. Uh, I wonder how well that might work, people applying to go to college, you know. Exactly. You apply to go to, you know, I don't know, Stanford, and they say no, and you just take it. What if you send another letter right. and said, hey, I, no, you need me. Right. Who knows? You just never know. Who yeah. knows? Weird things happen, man, every day. And, and, but um, you know, the, the problem that we have is we get, we get focused on the problems. And you know, it, it's like somebody is like, they're, they're looking down at this problem that's at their feet and they're just like, just, and they, they blank out, the rest of the world goes away, and they're just focused on this, and uh, what am I gonna do, you know, and somebody can come up and tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, I got your answer. Right. I got the solution to all your problems right here. And you just wave them off, get away, I got, mm. this, I got this thing to deal with, leave me alone. Right. It's, the opportunity's right there, right, the answers. And so that stuff is, is all around us. And um, it, it's, the trick is just, starting to teach yourself to, to start looking for them. Right, you know? right. And then, you know, when the interesting thing is, is when opportunities come and you start to recognize that opportunities are coming, then they, then they come in bunches. Hmm. You know, and then you have to figure out which is, what's the right one. Right. You know, that's a different problem. Yeah. But that's a good problem, problem to have. have. <laughs> you know, my experience with, with jobs is, you know, you're without, without, without. If you're not working, you, you know you're struggling to find something. Right. As soon as you find the first one, boom, boom, boom. It's a domino another effect. One and another one and another one. You know, and um, you know it's just weird how the universe works. I don't. Right. I don't. So that so let's get into that. Let's get into that. The law of attraction. Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts on that? And do you think it's real? Um, do you feel like obviously, in my opinion. Well, let, let's talk about your opinion first. So, what are your thoughts on the law of attraction and how um, our listeners can use that to, you know, have a better life on a basic well, let, scale? Let's first of all, let's define what the law of attraction right. is. 
because a lot of people have definitions. They think, and I've asked people, you know, do you know what the law of attraction is? Oh yeah, what what is it? And for a lot of people, really can't give you a definition. Right. They don't, don't really know. They have some sort of general idea. Um, and then other people give you what the most common thing that you hear is, and sometimes you hear this from the gurus, is the thing that you think about is what you're going to get. Hmm. And that is just for very few exceptions that is just flat wrong. The reality is the things that you think about, the stuff that you hold foremost in your mind, influence the things that you're going to get. Hmm. If you're... Here's how it works. Um, You and I have this conversation and you're, you're not really a believer in this. But I give you enough information that you're willing to sort of give it a try. Right. And you say, okay, I've got a birthday coming up in 30 days. I want a new Corvette. I want a red convertible Corvette with a white interior. Mm. You know. <laughs> let's see. All right, universe. Let's see. Let's see if Tim is right. <laughs> yeah. And time passes. Nothing special happens. Birthday comes around. You got a party. People come bringing you presents. You're opening your presents. You open as one box, and inside is a model of a red Corvette convertible with a white interior. Now, some people are going to look at that and go, "Well, see, it doesn't work." Right. I gave it 30 days. It didn't happen. Right. But you've got all this resistance to this idea, hmm. and still, you've got a red Corvette convertible. Right. It's not what you wanted, right? We all get that. It's not what you wanted, but you were completely resistant to getting what you wanted. Right. You didn't believe you could get what you wanted. You knew you weren't going to get what you wanted. Right. But you got something that represents what you wanted. Tell me it doesn't work. This is how it works. And so the the trick that we all have is finding ways to, to release the resistance to the stuff that we want. Hmm. Um, you know, it, 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 I'm back to someone say this and this and this yeah. all at the same time. So um, let's first talk about this. I, I was wanted to write something, an article of some kind, and, and this thought came into my head about um, How is I've seen something in, in uh, uh, online where somebody had asked on a website. I think it's called Quora, where people just go and ask random yeah, questions. Yeah, I know about and that. Yeah. Answers, you know, and somebody had asked if you took all of the um, all of the physical particles of all of the human beings on the planet, jammed them all together, and there was no space. Hmm. How, I don't know if they. I don't remember if they said how much would it weigh or how big would it be. But um, somebody did the math. Somebody with <laughs> way too much time on his yeah. hands did the math. And the answer was basically that the weight would be you know, enormous. It would just, if you could put it on the counter or something, it would just go straight to the center of the earth. Right. But the size it was basically the size of a sugar cube. Hmm. All of the human beings on the planet all jammed, all of the physical, all jammed down. It's one the size of a sugar cube. 
So the first thing that comes to my mind is, well, they're almost right. Because there wouldn't even be that. Hmm. Right? But we have to. We, our, our, our limited thinking says... We have to quantify it's something. It's right. got to be physical. Right. We're physical. We're, I'm running into walls. I can't walk through the... It's physical. So, but... Um, so, if, if... Then then you kind of go to, all right, so how much matter is there in our... in, our, in the universe, right? And they, scientists have figured out that what we call physical matter takes up about, I think the number is 23% of the universe. Hmm. Only 23. 23%. Might be less, but I'm, I'll go with 23. Then there's dark matter, which they've known about for quite a while. Right. Which I had always... When I first, since the time I, whenever it was that I first heard about dark matter, I had always heard that was what filled up the rest of the, right. the space, you know. And but it turns out it's not, right? You know, and I'm gonna. I think they said physical matter was like 17 percent. That's the number that keeps coming back to me. Okay. Dark matter was something like 23, 25 percent, something like that. So between the two, you still have less than 50 percent, far less. And then they have what they're just calling dark energy. They have no clue what it is, how it works. Right. And it worked, nothing. But they had to come up with some sort of a name for whatever this is that they have no idea what it is. Right. And what they think it is, is the propellant for the reason that the universe is still expanding. Because gravity says it should be slowing down. Hmm. Right? And eventually it would stop and everything would collapse back. But the universe is still accelerating its expansion. And they don't know why. And so they're kind of going, well, dark energy. So I read this and I thought, that's interesting. You know, you start talking about law of attraction and string theory. And I'm thinking, well, you know, so I'll introduce this, this other little piece here now and maybe we come back. There's a woman named Esther Hicks, who was a channel. And for anybody who doesn't know channeling, and whether you believe it or you don't, doesn't matter. Um, this is the idea, is that she's got a connection to higher source. She's got a connection to um, what they refer to as Abraham. Um, they say that it's a collection of non-physical entities. Mm. But for ease of reference, they just call, they're called Abraham. Okay. And she's been doing this stuff for decades, 30, 40 years maybe. And um, in the stuff that she teaches, one of the things that she says is the way the law, and it's all about law of attraction. And she says that what happens is something happens and you know you don't like it, and so you automatically know what you do want. You don't want that, so I do want this. Right. It may not even be a conscious thought. But you are, as soon as that happens, you're sending out what she refers to as a rocket of desire. You send this thought out into the universe, and the universe, it's instantly manifested. Hmm. It's out there. I want that new Corvette. It's man done. You don't have to wait 30 days right now. Done. Problem is we don't believe it. We have this, this physical experience, this human experience that we are going through. Right. Um, 
And so generally speaking, the things that we, the thoughts that we have take time to show up. Right. If they show up. It's the idea that uh, pretty much about, it's like the secret, which I, yeah. which I really subscribe to the idea, at least for me, my personal life, it's been proven time and time again that I, um, I'm, I, I feel like I'm living in my past. And mm-hmm. what that means is everything I've ever wanted, I've always gotten it. I mm-hmm. still remember when I first bought my, my first car, it was a Lincoln. And I went to pick up the car and I saw a Camaro. I said, oh my gosh, this car is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. I can't afford it. Um, sorry, it was a, it was a Dodge Charger. Oh. I said, I can't, I can't afford it, but I want that car. I'm going to get that car. In two years, I had a, had a Dodge Charger. Yeah. When I went to get my Charger, I saw a Camaro. Yeah. And I said, I can't afford this Camaro, but I'm going to get that car. I don't know how I'm going to get the car. Guess what? About two years later, I had a Camaro. Yeah. When I got my Camaro, I saw a Corvette. And I said, okay, this is getting crazy now. I, I definitely can't afford this Corvette. It's almost seventy, eighty thousand dollars $80,000, but I'm going to get that Corvette. And guess what? About a year later, I had a Corvette. Yeah. But I always believed. It was yeah. never a doubt. Yeah. I always believed. So here's the here's the cool thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in on you. Belief is not necessary. Hmm. Law of attraction is at work for each and every one of us, 24/7. We don't have to believe in it. You are still creating stuff. Doesn't that mitigate the attraction if you don't believe in it? No. If you believe, it's like it's it's. The, or it accelerate or help or assist or successful yeah. with it it, 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 it helps right? but you don't have to believe hmm. you can still test it and find out for yourself and be a disbeliever and, and prove it to yourself there's a great book by uh, a woman named Pam Grout um, and the first one is called uh, E Squared and uh, it's essentially just uh, a series of I think there's nine experiments that you do on your own in any order you want to do them and they're all around this law of attraction idea and prove it to yourself and you don't have to take my word for it that's That's really fascinating to me well as a strong believer in the law of attraction and things that i want and and not just believing to believe but actually believing that i i'm going to get it um i find it fascinating that you can be a non-believer and still and the universe can still feel like you deserve it, or God, or whatever you mm. want to call it. Well, deserves an interesting word, you know, because that's got nothing to do with it. Mm. There, one of the one of the subjects that comes up with with Esther Hicks is is people will ask about because um, she'll say that you know uh, whatever it is you whatever your desires are, they're in what she calls the vortex. They're just waiting. You know, as soon as you you have this thought, I want this done. It's there. You just have our job is to try to figure out how to allow it to come, right. but it's all there. And when we cross over, we die. You know, and there's no real death um, if we're energy. So you just close your eyes here. You open them on the other side. Right. It's all there waiting on you, and everything, all of your desires are are manifest right there. And so people then go to think, well, what about somebody like Hitler? Isn't he going to be punished when he dies? No. All of his desires are there too. And people don't like that. We have this thing that people need to be punished for. Right. For wrongdoings. Um, so we're, yeah, we're really kind of wandering right. around on this, but... Um, but I think, that, that I think there has to be some... 
And I could be wrong, right? Because the more I learn, the more I realize I don't know anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think there has to be some sort of punishment. But just because there has to be a dichotomy to everything. Just like there has to be some sort of evil out there, right? For good to exist, it has to be evil. And for evil to exist, it has to be good. Um, so I think I think maybe the form of punishment is Hitler, um, you know, being reborn and you know he's deformed or he get, you know he gets yeah. killed brutally or whatever. Yeah. I don't know, but I think there or he's born as a you know one of the worst possible animals you can be born as. I I, I don't know yeah. right, but yeah. I think there's there has to be some sort that's of a, that's that's a human. Thing. That is a human thing. We, we right. that whole like justice, right? You know, and the animal kingdom doesn't exist. Animal kingdom is brutal, right? And you know, you got animals out there that are just going out and killing other animals for fun. You know, there's there's no justice system. You know, and we are animals. It's just that we have the ability to be aware of ourselves, right? You know, so. Um, that's a good point, Tim, because there's so much out there that even people that are that have a high consciousness level still don't know. Yeah. And and then when you inject people that are just normal people that are just don't read or improve themselves or into self development, then you realize there's such a huge huge gap between real reality, which is not this, right? Yeah. Versus our perception of reality. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I it, it's. And the law of attraction thing, there's so many, you know, it's the onion deal. There's so many layers to peel because it's not just as simple as, well, just start thinking about better things and, and better things, you know, come. They will, but you're going to continue to get the crap that you've been programming for the last 50 years right. of your life. That's still out there. You created it. it it's right. still, the universe is still trying to deliver it to you. Of course. So just because you spend the next 10 years, you know, doing good things and thinking good thoughts and, and you've changed your life and now you're this pillar of society. Right. Doesn't mean the universe isn't going to take a crap on you. Hmm. Doesn't mean the stuff that you created, you know, and created momentum behind isn't going to show up on your best day. Mm. You know, something terrible might happen. That stuff still, it, it, it's just how it works. Right, right. Um, so it, it's something we just, you got to kind of understand that it's not going to be, you're not going to overnight, I'm going to say this, it, it, here's the thing. <laughs> because we are just energy, energetic, right? because we are just thought waves basically work you know and we do create everything it could happen tomorrow you, you could wake up tomorrow and be president of the United States you could wake up tomorrow and be the Queen of England you can make that happen we don't believe it we've never experienced that we don't you know we have all this resistance all these right, reasons right. why it won't but it could the, the honest to God true reality it could, um, but there are other things in our in our lives that do happen like that. 
And absolutely, you know, if we if we if we take a little time and look back at stuff that's happened, it's all over the place. We have yeah. the proof. Yeah, it's you know an easy example is how many times have you you know had somebody somebody in your life that you haven't run into, haven't talked to in, in months or years. Right, you think you about know, them. Suddenly you're thinking about them for a couple of days. And they call you. The phone or rings and it's yeah. them. Why would that happen? You know, what's the other explanation right. other than you put this, this thought out there and the universe said, okay, here you go. Right. Or even people that, you know, they've been playing the lottery for years and years and years and and uh, all of a sudden, they hit it. They hit it big. They win, and then they win again and again yep. and again. Because yep. <laughs> yep. now it's real. Right. Now they now, now they, they believe. believe. Now they believe. But then again, that's so the. It's easier. So let me ask you this. So this is what I remember. I said earlier that, and you were saying you don't need to believe for it to happen, right? Mm -hmm. So um, it goes back to my point that I do think that the belief maybe it's not a hundred percent required. I think it does play a big part in shaping our reality. Absolutely, absolutely. But because it, it, that's it goes to what I was saying earlier about the information that's coming in. Right. Your 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 brain filters out. It's some incredible, and this is okay, so many things. <laughs> you know, you mentioned the secret. I believe all of the people in the secret are students of Esther Hicks. They're all her apostles. They're right. They got their stuff from her. Um. I was lucky enough to see Wayne Dyer with her live hmm. have a conversation with and she doesn't she, you know she so when you're when you channel um, people they basically they'll sort of do a short little meditation kind of thing just deep breaths and relax and then they allow this other energy to come through them and people's people who do this their their projection their their countenance their physical attributes change mm. and so they they deliver they don't sound like themselves right and they are essentially another another being another person right when they're when they're talking so when esther is is being interviewed or something she's interesting but abraham's a lot more interesting mm. you know and so the conversation was wayne dyer talking to abraham and so that was about two hours of of them back and forth. Right, right. That was really, really interesting. And um, she held his feet to the fire on some stuff, hmm. which was really interesting to see because he was in his 70s already at that point and, and he was so used to just everybody bowing down and telling him right, what right, was, right. You know, he was. Right, right, right. He was buying it. And, you know, he, we all have egos, you know. And um, he at one point wanted to just sort of rant about something and how people are about something and, and she just stopped him. Nope. That's your that's your thing here, that's you. Right. And he said, Well what about no, that's you. And he knew she was right. And he just stopped and he looked at her and he said, I hate you. Hmm. <laughs> because it's like he couldn't deny it. Right. It's like, no, it's that's all on him. Um so that I don't know, that was I don't know why that came up. I have PTSD. It's a perpetual tangent story disorder. <laughs> um, <I just laughs> no, it's okay. But, it keeps it nice and fun. Um, so I introduced Esther. Oh, the, we were talking about this 
law of attraction and, and the creation thing. So she says you, you have a thought for a desire and it's created. Mm. And so come back around to this, this um, dark energy. I, I was at one point thinking, you know, how, how does this work, this just having a thought? Because your brain, the energy of your brain is not particularly powerful. Right, right. right. Whatever signal you're putting out is just not very strong. Uh, it's kind of like a tuning fork. You know, you, you tap a tuning fork on something and it starts to vibrate. And right. there's a guitar string tuned to the same frequency and it's within, you know, a few feet, it's going to start to vibrate. Of course. But around the corner, nothing's going to happen. Right? Or maybe it is, but just on such a minute level, we don't right. realize it. So how is it, you know, that your brain should be able to create worlds? And then I, I read this thing about dark energy. And the light came out. I was like, oh, maybe that's the answer. Because mm. you put it out there. It just takes it and amplifies it and speeds it up and gives it energy and pushes it out there. Right, right. Why not? You know, we haven't got a better explanation. Right, right, right. Um, See, I wish I, I wish... I need something that's a little more concrete than, well, the universe just gives you. Right. You know. <laughs> I, yeah, I like the idea, but what's the mechanism, man? Right. No. <laughs> so that I can just be a whole hog on this because I, I just have this built-in skepticism on all these things of course of course it, it holds me back I've got plenty of evidence in my life of, mm. of things that I've created you know but I still resist right you know? I, I wish more people um, were as self-aware and conscious and introspective as much as you are I think your lives would be well, thanks but that, a lot that's, more easier you know that's that's our jobs mm. you and me and, and people like us that you know, you we we you know, you go to a movie and you see a good movie and as soon as you leave the theater, what do you want to do? You wanna tell your friends. Right. Oh you gotta go see this, it's so good. Right? Or you hear a new song or you go to whatever. You know, you experience something great and, and you wanna share it with other people. Right. Because you want them to be happier. If you're happy, we don't even have to know each other. But if you're happier, my world is better. Mm. Maybe in a tiny, little, minute, unmeasurable, right. you know, whatever, but it's, it contributes to right. the world, to my world being better. Right. And it's, it's, we're all very selfish. It's the only reason we're doing anything is so that my world is better. You know? Ah, well said. You're, you're a player in my state, <laughs> man. Right. So, but, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just how it, that's just the game, you know. Right. And it doesn't mean, and that's one another thing that people want to go. Well, if you, you know, it's not a finite pie that we're working with. Right, right. We can all have everything. It is possible. Is it going to happen? Not in our lifetimes. Not, you know, not in the foreseeable future. But it is possible. Right, right. And just because somebody else is driving a nice car, doesn't mean everybody on the block can't drive that same car. Right, right. It does not mean that. There is no limit, and um, you know you got to keep reminding yourself of that. Right, right, it's, absolutely. Because a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Stuff is out, there. and it's fascinating stuff to you know when you start kind of digging into some of these things. You were talking about you live in your past, or whatever. 
you know, I, I thought where I thought you were going was Einstein said that there, you know, there's no such thing as time, right? And they're, they're, I guess they've proven that it really doesn't exist. It's just a construct for, right. for us, for our minds. I look at things like, um, like deja vu is, and I think everybody's had the experience of deja vu at least once in their lifetime. Right. I know I've had some that have been really strong. Do you think they're, Last, they're past lives? I, no, I think that deja vu is simply, like, time is like, it's like a movie or a book, right? It's everything that's gonna happen in your life is already done. It's already, it's already recorded. Right. right? So, and, so you, so you don't believe, I, I was gonna try to wrap things up soon because I know we've been talking okay. for for a while and we can talk for days. I can just yeah, tell by how we, we both hard. are. Yeah. Um, but uh, what are your thoughts? And please uh, don't forget what you were gonna say. Okay. But when you mentioned time and the idea that our our lives are already written, right? That goes into the another black hole about free will, mm-hmm. right? So, do you think free will? Do you think we have free will or no? I, I, I know it's a tough one. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's it, not black and white, right? It's yeah. really it's a complicated. So there, uh, there's topic. another idea that when you make a decision, and that's what free will is an exercising. You know, you're making a decision one way or another, right? When you make a decision, you just create a new universe, and the one that you were in still exists. So just because you make a decision, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to go do this because I'm exercising my free will to, to do something different, doesn't mean that you don't keep doing what you were doing. But then that begs the question, do we really have free will or is it an illusion? Were you meant to do that in your book, I right? No, yeah. It's, it's, there's, we've all got trillions, uncountable numbers of books that, that we're in. Mm. Um, it's, it's the kind of, did you see Animal House? Yeah, but my memory is okay. a little. So there's a scene in there, and I don't remember all of it, but but you know, it came out when I was the right age for that, um, so I saw it more than once. Yeah. But there's a scene in there where the the, the innocent kid, right, who's going to college, is in uh, he's in the apartment of a professor, and he's basically getting corrupted, and the professor is getting him high for the first time. Mm. And so he's stoned, and he starts, he's looking at his hand, and he's just like, he's seeing worlds in the lines in his hand. Mm. And he's just like, wow, his mind is blown. Yeah. That's what I think this stuff is. It's like there's so, there are worlds within worlds within worlds. Mm. And, and we don't have the, the mental capacity. To comprehend, to, yeah. We, yeah. I don't think we can. At least not in our really, human form. Not in our human form. Yeah, it's kind of... I don't think we can be consciously aware. I've been told also otherwise, but I don't think we can be consciously aware of more than one, one existence at a time. Um, in my first book, it's, it's a story, basically, and I'm, I'm talking to a guy, and the example he gives is that, um, you know, the apartment that you have in, in California, and in, the, in this story I'm in Texas, is the apartment you have in California, is it there? How do you know? 
Can you see it? Can you feel it? Can you right. experience it at all? No. Does it only appear when you're physically there? Yeah, right. So um, this one theory is that everything is just created in the moment as we go. Right. You know, and um, there's some credence to that. There's, there's good argument for that. Um, so I don't know. The free will thing is a, it's a tough one. That's really... Yeah, it, yeah, it is a tough one because then it, it, it leads into the into the discussion that well, then everything is is preconditioned to happen, right? And you know that woman that got brutally murdered, or the innocent child that got hit by a car, or that yeah. good Samaritan that was just helping the poor lady that got got shot in the head, that there was that was meant to happen. Right. So it's it just opens a yeah huge can of worms. Well, so I'll try and make this short because. In the podcast that I did with my friend, we, we had a couple, uh, Brad and Casey Wallace, and they do channeling together. Okay. I don't know how this works. He's the one that receives the information. He somehow is able to pass it over to her. Okay. And she's the one who delivers the information. Why can't he also. deliver it? I don't, he's had a number of accidents that have given him brain okay. uh, injuries and things, and somehow I tried to ask how this works. Okay. This is this is what's going on. Okay. So, and again, whether you believe it or you don't, my my co-host asked them um, two different things. The the and it was the very first question, and he just blurted it out as soon as I introduced him. Mm. Why are we here? Like in the broader sense, big sense. Why right. are we here? And I'll boil down their answer, and it basically was to provide experience for source. Because hmm. source is just this super high energy whatever you want to refer to it as just but it, it can't in order to have physical experience the the frequency of the energy has to be slowed way 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 down it's interesting you say that because um i was i was doing some research on dmt and a few people several people have actually said the same thing but mm -hmm. what they said was that they was revealed to them that the reason we're here in our human form is to feel an experience mm -hmm. Um, they didn't mention a source, but they literally verbatim what you just yeah. said. They were saying the reason that we're here as human beings yeah. is um, to feel. We're souls, right? Yeah. And the reason we're here on this planet is to feel and to experience. Yeah. And once that experience is over, then we either get thrown into another experience in a different dimension, or we go back to being energy. Right. And so. we're all we're all tiny little pieces of of the same right. whole. And. So the way that they basically explain it is that is we're down here to have experiences so that source can expand, basically, right? can know more things. And right. It's, it's ex everything is just expansion, and um, and there's no so later in the conversation, my friend asks him. So uh, first he says, well, we we choose our parents. We choose the what we're going to be born into." Yes. One of the few short answers mm. that they had. Yes. And he says, so then why would anybody choose, and they finished his, his question for him, why would they choose to be born into poverty, abuse, right. what, you know, all these terrible things? And it's because essentially you, you make an agreement with Source from that level, from that perspective, to come down and, and have an experience. It's not right or wrong it's not right. or bad these are human creations right right human constructs 
No, we're having the physical experience of, you know, somebody's kicking the crap out of us. It's not fun when it's us, right. you know, receiving this. We we experience it as a as a very unpleasant thing. In that moment, to us, this is a bad thing. Right. right? But from a higher perspective, it's not. It's not right. It's just a thing. In our human form, we think it's a we yeah. we we think it's a bad thing. Yeah. And these two pieces together, they've done a lot for me. As I, these are the two big things that I remember from that conversation, and they have really done a lot for me. Just in in sort of being able to, you know, if you want to if you want to be, you want to have more control in your life. You want to be happier. You want to. Um, you want to just not have things bother you so much. If you can work towards having this third-party sort of perspective, where you're just sort of you're able to objectively look at the events in your life and not not get not be attached to how this should have played out. Okay? Just be observant of how it played out, and you know maybe there's lessons to be learned. Maybe there's not, whatever, you know. If you can just see it as part of the story, then if it's a negative thing, in quotes negative, then it doesn't bother you so much. And maybe it doesn't bother you at all. You just kind of accept it and go, well, all right, what's next? Right. You know? And I gotta tell you, that's a powerful place to be when 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 things that that used to I mean, I had an ulcer when I was five. Hmm. You know, I was hospitalized, five or six. And I know when 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 I'm headed down that road, you know, I'm worrying about stuff that that most of the time I can't do anything about. Right, right. I mean, certainly in the moment. And you don't want to if you don't if I don't have to experience that, life is better. Hmm. Doesn't necessarily make life great, but life is better. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know? And and better in the moment is 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 all there is. Right. You know. So, um, you know, it's a powerful thing to incorporate into the way you see the world if you can. And I agree. Uh, you know, there was somebody else who was on our show who posted something on Facebook one time, and she said. You know, the problem is not that you have expectations about something. The problem is your attachment to the expectation. Mm. And I read that. Oh, that's, that's very true. Good. Because you can't be without expectations. Right, that's right. It's impossible. But the attachment portion. Yeah. You have control. You, you expect your car to start in the morning. Right. But your attachment to that is what determines right. how you're going to feel if it doesn't start. Right. No, you're right. You're right. I think it was Gandhi that said this, and um, you might be familiar with this, but the biggest cause of suffering in the mm. world is attachment. Yeah. Atta- yeah. Attachment to relationships, to, Everything. I mean, money. I mean, Everything. we can go on and on, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's so true. And it's, and it's, you know, all of this stuff is like, it's easy to say, it's, it's easy to sort of objectively understand. Right. But implementing, implementing and being aware, incorporating it into into in moment, your right. your life perspective. Your no, you're right. You, you're, you're programming. Right. That's the tough piece, you know. But you just come back around to 
you know, you, you, you've got to, whatever your mindset is now, through years of repeated programming. Yeah, I think, I think that goes a long way. way. I think that goes a long way. I think, and I could be wrong about this, but I think a, a big part of it, too, it just has to do with who you are at your core. Because I remember a story about when my car got broken into and uh they took everything they throw a huge rock in my car they took everything and uh you know what i just said it'll be fine and i remember driving on the highway driving home because i didn't have a a window anymore so i needed to go park the car in the garage and i was driving home and then it just started raining (laughs) (laughs) and and what was funny about the rain was i was driving home my car got broken into they took everything the rock is still sitting in my car i'm sitting on glass yeah. Right, driving home. It starts raining. Now they're going to smack me in the face <laughs> as I'm driving home, and I just start laughing. Yeah. Because what else is there to do what in that you moment? Do about it? Right. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. You know. But you can choose to just say, you know, it's a big joke. I right. You know. Yeah. And, and that's in that moment. Yeah. That's how I felt. Yeah. Um, but I think that that's a teach. That should be a teaching moment for a lot of people because I don't know a lot of people that would be in that same position and would be like laughing or smiling or, you know. I you know I think the tough part because when when you got something like that it that's the laughter I think is coming from a place of well it can't get any worse. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It can't get any worse. The rain was just ice release, on the cake. There's, right. a, there's a, um, a weight that comes right. off because it can't get any worse. Right. At least you believe it right. can't. Of course. Right? And so suddenly life is better. Right. Right? If they had just broken into your car, just thrown a rock through the window, you probably wouldn't have been laughing going home. Right. Ah, right. right. <laughs> all, this, all this other stuff happened. Right, right. You know? What you got left and it goes back to what we started with which was perspective you know yeah. that, that goes such a long way in life yeah. and uh, one of the main things one of the main things I've learned in my entire life is the fact that if you can't control it why are we having this conversation yeah something happened to you your husband cheated on you somebody stole your car you lost your job first can you control it mm-hmm. if the answer is no why are we having this conversation yeah you know, right. so that's something a lot of people also need to yeah. keep in mind is don't drive yourself crazy over things you can't control. Yeah. I know, like you said, it sounds easy. You have to think about it um, critically, though. Right. You have, you have to actually uh, analyze. You've got to measure that and ask yourself in an honest way, can I control this? Right. Because people, when we get into that, we're not thinking about that. Of course, that's the last thing in our minds. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to hear it from right. you, man. No, want to just right. vent and Can I control get, it? Get your anger out. Yeah, yeah. not matter. Right. You know, I just want to be mad. Right. You know, <laughs> we all know it doesn't get us anywhere, right? Right. And and honestly, it's okay to be mad for a short time, if it's you know, it's okay to vent. Right. Get Let it out. out. Right. Get rid of it. If it gets you past, it's not okay to roll around in it and hold on to it. Yeah. Right. Because that's the thing that that. Yeah, now you're yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, on that note, Tim, thank you so much. You have no idea how grateful I am. Can't wait to have you back. I'd love Thanks, to have man. you back. This was fun. Um, I felt like we've been talking for over two hours. We barely, I, there's so much more we can talk about. We can talk for days. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But thank you again. And if you're interested in people finding you, I know you have a, you have a podcast of your own. Um, feel free to, to let us know how 
Uh, Let our listeners know how they can find you. The, the, the place to start is just with my my personal web page. It's okay. TimCStar.com. Can you Star, please spell Star is with one R. Okay. TimCStar. Um, and and that's the letter C, correct? C. Okay. Right. C. It's okay. letter C. Okay. <laughs> and, um, yeah, there's links there to the other. I'm, I'm The Universe Between Your Ears podcast is um, on hiatus. We did... 53 episodes okay. last year. I don't know if we're going to be able to pick it up again. Okay. Um, although I have people contacting me saying they want to be on the show. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. The schedules have changed and different things, and so it may or may not come okay. be revived. But uh, I am in the very, very early stages of creating a new one Okay. called It's Just a Personal Growth Podcast. Okay. And um, there's a link to the sort of introduction page. To okay. There. I'd love to. I'd love to. Start.com. That's the place to start. Okay. Go branch from there. Okay. Perfect. And if there's any of you that uh, want to get in contact with Tim directly, just feel free to let me know, and uh, I'll make sure I put you guys in contact. But like I said, I can't wait to have you again. Thank you so much. Thank you, man. It's fun. And uh, until next time, peace and love. Uh, thanks, Tim. You're welcome. This was fun. This was amazing.